0: From the Goodnight Scholars Program at NC State University, I'm Dusty Patterson, and this is Have a Good Night. On today's episode, I sit down with Goodnight Scholar, Rosie Shao, and talk about dying dollars, Abby from NCIS, Americanos, the unique challenges of being a transfer student, the link between crime and cybersecurity, and being a woman in STEM. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hey, Rose, and thank you for joining the Have a Good Night podcast. I know we've been kind of looking forward to this for a couple weeks, and I just cannot be more excited to have you on the podcast to talk about any and all things related to NC State, like your hobbies, all the fun things that you do outside of school. So just thanks for doing this.
1: Thank you, Dusty, for having me. I look forward to having this podcast.
0: So I know you're a big coffee drinker, and – Since coming to NC State, has that consumption, like, increased because you're in school and, like, you have a million things going on? And, like, where's your favorite place to get coffee around campus?
1: Definitely on the coffee consumption, it increased my first semester here. Um, It got really bad. Uh, I think because that was my first semester and I was still trying to figure out or gauge how to um, handle the workload, I was drinking two to three cups of Americano per day. That's not really good, (laughs) so I've definitely increased increased that amount this semester, Um, but I usually get Americanos at the cafe in Hunt or Hilgs, that's usually where I am whenever I study, Um, but for like a fun coffee drink, if I'm hanging out with friends, I lean more towards the cappuccino ones or a macchiato.
0: You know what? I can relate to that so much. Americanos are a hidden gem. I feel like no one, when you think of like good coffee, you always think of these like very elaborate drinks from Starbucks that have like 50 ingredients and they're like on the hidden menu, but people sleep on Americanos. I don't know if you feel that way, but it's just a little underrated.
1: I agree. And I think the reason why, like I don't, I wouldn't say I love the taste of Americanos, but it definitely prevents me from downing a whole cup. Well, it didn't last semester, but like, in general, I think it prevents people from downing a whole cup in one sitting.
0: Right, because it's not, like, that sweet drink that has, like, um, like whipped cream and stuff that is just, like, so... Like, it tastes like a dessert, so you just are done so quickly with it. It's kind of, like, normal coffee with, like, a little punch of something different. I can... Yeah, I can totally relate to that. And, okay, how do you feel about, like, the campus being cashless?
1: Ooh, I... I haven't had any issues because I'm on dining dollars. So it's like a meal plan that just focuses on dining dollars. So um, I'm able to work my way around it. But I know some people who prefer to use cash.
0: Right? Like it's hard. I remember seeing this couple come into um, the coffee shop on the textile, like at the textiles complex. And I'm not sure if they were students or professors, but they had no idea that it was cashless and they had no cash. So they couldn't get like their coffee um, and then like, I guess they downloaded the app. Um, but it was just such a weird transition because I was at, I was at state when the time where you could use cash card, any of the above, but having dining dollars, like seems like a good deal um, for people who might be listening to this podcast, who don't know what dining dollars are. Like, how does that work?
1: I would say it's, it's just um, changes the cash into like a digital form. So if I pay for like eight hundred dollars and nine dollars. So sorry, let me backtrack. So I would pay eight hundred dollars and then they would just turn into like digital cash. And so I would have eight hundred in digital like amount, if that makes sense.
0: Okay, that makes sense. I've never lived on campus. so I've never had that um, experience, but it does seem convenient um, because it's kind of universal on campus, right? Like you can use it. um, Can you use it at the C-Store?
1: Yes, so you can use it at C-stores at some vending machines um and definitely at like any other places where you're purchasing food on campus. Um I will say one thing that I'm kind of iffy about is that for most of the restaurants you have to order through Grubhub and I feel like Grubhub itself has a lot of technical issues every now and then.
0: Yes, yes, I remember um when they first kind of rolled out this new system uh people were having so many issues with it. And I think it's interesting too, now using Grubhub, you can see how many people are in the queue. So like if you're in the middle of the day and you look at having food at Tally, it's like 70 people in the queue for food.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: It's wild.
1: I have a friend, she said that she's developed a system where um, she goes to park shops for coffee. And so she'll order her coffee like 30 minutes before a class ends so that gives her like a good hour before her coffee is ready. And I'm like, that's a long way for a coffee at Park shops.
0: You know what? That's That makes so much sense now because I remember studying outside of textiles and I saw someone like they walked right out of class, went to um, Port City, Java and grabbed their coffee that was already done. So maybe that's just like a pro tip. If anyone didn't know that, Rose just gave out like a pro tip. Um, but now everyone's going to want to do it. So I know you kind of had a unique journey to NC State, and um, I was lucky enough to be your mentor for a a little bit of your first semester here at NC State, and you just came in with such an enthusiastic attitude and just um, you wanted to kind of take it by storm. Um, And so can you kind of tell us about your journey to NC State from a community college, being a transfer student, which a lot of times comes with like some different quirks and challenges that... Uh, first-year students face. So um, just tell us a little about, bit about your journey to NC State.
1: Of course. So I attended Almas um, Community College, um, also known as ACC, and it's located in Graham. I was in the C3 program, which is a program that links between the community college and state it made the transferring process so much easier. So I highly recommend anyone who has that program available at their community college to definitely look into it. Um, so I attended the program and I transferred and got into state. And I will say one of the noticeable thing between community colleges and university is the atmosphere. Cause at community college, you don't really have like the after courses events or events that's held in the courtyard that's held outside or just like the vibe was really energetic and it really drew a lot of people in including me at state so that's something i really really liked when i first transferred is just seeing all the other people you know getting engaged with the leadership programs or just exploring the campus because it's really huge that was something that i got intimidated by which was the number of different campuses at state Um, So that was something, I really liked the vibe at State. The second thing that differs between community college and State was the workload. Um, And I think a lot of people can relate to that. I definitely stumbled a lot when I got into my first four courses here. And it was, it took a while for me to get a system down or a system down that worked for fall semester. Um, And it was hard. I'm not going to lie. It was really hard. I have my moments where I was looking at my grades and I was looking at the clock and thinking about if I am able to do it or not, like finish an assignment or pull a course off. But I also learned that, you know, I guess the... mm, think about this along with like big workloads it all depends on study management and time management which I thought I had nailed down at community college but at university you you get really tested with those two skills and so I felt like I got tested with that and it showed how I didn't have a strong system and it just made me feel more motivated to figure out what worked for me and how to improve. So overall, I would say the biggest difference between community college and state would be like the atmosphere, the amazing cool events and the clubs that you can join as well as the, just the workload.
0: And I mean, it's, you make it sound like you really struggled and, you know, a lot of transfer students, it does hit, hit us like kind of a truck coming to NC state with just the difference in pace, um, the class environment, stuff like that. But I do have to brag, like you finished the semester, like so strong and you're in your second semester now fully, you know, immersed and succeeding. So obviously you did something right. And I just remember you being so organized. Um, like I, came, I wish I was that organized when I came to state.
1: I, I thought I was organized. Um, I got tested in state, um, fell off my track. So I'm back with a different like mindset of how to organize. I do have a friend and it's very unfortunate that I can't share pictures on podcasts, but I'll share you the picture of his schedule. He is top on like scheduling, making sure he has everything planned out. Like he plans in his Google calendar, he plans out a time block for when he wakes up and eats breakfast when he works on a project from one course. When he works on a project from a different course, and he has like a whole section dedicated to free time. So, like, I don't know. if He's someone I should be looking up to, but he's definitely on top of his schedule and organizing.
0: That's so interesting. Like, send someone a Google Calendar invite for like dinner. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's so. That's so funny. Um. Well, I mean. At community college, did you always know, just kind of background for people listening, Rose is a current CS major, so computer science major at State. And did you always know that you kind of wanted to do cybersecurity, be a CS major, or is that something you figured out kind of right before you had to make the decision about like, what's my major going to be?
1: So the interesting thing was at my community college, the only CSC-related course um, available was Java, like intro to in Java. And it didn't have like data and alg- algorithm courses or anything that's really core in computer science. So I would say I've always enjoyed kind of forensic science and cybersecurity. Um, and at community college, I didn't get my first taste, a strong first taste of computer science yet. So I think at that point, I was still kind of just testing the waters, see if it was something I really liked. But when I transferred to state and I um, enrolled in courses that taught the core concepts of computer science, it was difficult, but I would say I definitely enjoyed them. So I'm definitely strong on like continuing my computer science degree and having a cybersecurity, sorry continuing my computer science degree and having a strong um, interest in cybersecurity.
0: You're in a CS major and you, we're, you know, you're in the Goodnight Scholars program where we're surrounded by these incredible STEM scholars. So we have a really diverse look at the STEM field. A lot of women are in the STEM field in the Goodnight Scholars program. Um, I think it's about 50-50% like male and female in STEM within the Goodnight Scholars program. But when you narrow down to CS like at a lot of colleges and universities around the world and the country, that's not necessarily like the case. Um, so for you, have you ever experienced like something where you felt like you didn't belong in your major or any challenges that have kind of come with being underrepresented, underrepresented in a major that is just so critical and that like, you know, there's so many things going on in the world where we're trying to promote more women getting into these very technical majors and roles.
1: To be honest, I think I've been very lucky to have not experienced very misogynistic men or very uncomfortable situations. There was one um, scenario, which was I was in a course and I was the only female in the course. But even then, the boys there were super nice and they, were, they weren't condescending in any, in any way. And it was a small class. But even in that situation, I felt slightly uncomfortable because it was new to me. So I can't imagine women who had to enroll in courses where they were the only female within 75 or more men. So in that, in a way of looking, so looking at it that way, I would say I got very lucky. And I also think I got lucky in terms of pursuing major. My major at this time, where there's definitely a lot of more women interested in CS. Um, I was talking to someone, and they were pursuing CS um, when they're in college, and they stated that during the 1990s, when they were getting their bachelors, they would be the only female there, and they felt very intimidated they felt like they didn't belong, which was a huge contrast to how I feel uh, at state. I don't feel that way. And I don't know if this, like, if other women at state can relate to this, but I honestly did not feel like I've been outcasted at state. I think there's a good diversity at the CSC department. I will say the parts where I do kind of feel left out is just, on an intellectual level, and I think um, I'm just a bit behind compared to my peers. But like that's just a personal um, gauge of my uh, surroundings. But other than that, in terms of gender equality or you know misogynistic men and individuals, I haven't had any personal experience with that. As, um, I do anticipate that I might have those interactions when I get into the work field, because there, um, in the work field, there's going to be more senior developers or more older people who have um, ideas that don't really correlate to the morals we have now. And so I do anticipate maybe having a few bad interactions when I start working for a company. But other than that, so far, it's been pretty good.
0: Yeah. And that's amazing to hear that you feel just so um, good and just like a, a safe environment within your major at NC State. I think that's pretty much the commonality um, at NC State. It's just a great place to be no matter what major you're in. Um, and you talked about sort of the importance of seeing um, representation within this, uh, within the CS department, which is amazing that you can say that. And there's a very big importance of, you know, finding female mentors when you're in these highly STEM majors. And I remember when I was at Wake Tech, there was one professor, Dr. Nambudri, um, in, a, in a drafting class. And there were only three females, I think, or two at the end of it. And she just, not that she gave us like preferential treatment, but she I think she checked on us um, mm-hmm. because there was a sense of like, okay, there's two of us in a class of maybe 20, 25. And like, that's, you know, it can be, it can be feel, it can feel weird, um, just because you don't see a lot of other women around you. Um, and there were definitely points where I was like questioning, but having her there, she's been there, done it, um, and kind of, she recognized that like, just checking in on us was important. And so have you had any female mentors in the CS field so far at state? And like, have you had any experiences where you kind of recognize the power of that?
1: Not yet. I will say that um, I think just having female professors, that may um, lessen my stress of whether or not I felt belonged in the course. Um, I have, unfortunately, because it was a big course, I haven't had time to have a strong one-to-one relationship with my professors. But I think seeing my professor teaching to a huge audience of in a field that was uh, considered to be male-dominated in the past, I think that itself was really inspiring. And um, I'm speaking this for my CSE 216 professor, uh, Dr. Heckman. I, I really admire the way she teaches and the way she conveys the knowledge. And I think, like, that was one of the course I made myself go. Like, attendance wasn't mandatory, but I made myself go just because being able to be taught by her was something that I I really enjoyed. And I really looked up to her um, when I had her as my professor.
0: I love that. It's important. I think it's so important to have those um, experiences. Um, so I know CS, like, like you've described, it's pretty intense. And you have successfully pulled off how many all-nighters now? Not that like that's, uh, I don't know. Is that like a good thing? I don't know. <laughs> I feel
1: like it's, I wouldn't say it's something you should brag about, but I feel like every college student has to have gone through at least one. And I've pulled off two successful ones. Um, and I think I refuse to pull another one just because I've seen how bad my productivity goes, like, it just declines immediately after I pulled an all-nighter. So I will do nights where I stay up until 4 a.m. and then wake up at 9 a.m. But as for now, I don't think I'll be uh, looking forward to any more all-nighters.
0: So what is, when you were doing your all-nighter, was it, like, Americano after Americano? Or did you, like, put on music? Or, like, how did you get through it? Let
1: me think. So the first one, oh, the first one was me getting anxious because I forgot I had an exam to do, and I was trying to pull that off in the morning. So like I was studying for it, and then I did the final exam uh, around like six a.m., and it was due eight a.m. that day. Oh my god, (laughs) that kept me up. (laughs) And and I don't know about you, but that was my first all nighter, and. I guess, like, I felt really sore, like, I felt really sore, and I felt like I kind of want to puke, but at the same time, I didn't, and I just kind of sat there, and and I was like, I pulled my first all-nighter, I watched the sun rise after, Mm -hmm. like, a night of just dark, like, of just looking at the night sky, I've watched the sun rise, and have not slept at all. Well, hopefully you don't have to pull another one. Well, I hope so too, but you know, it's they are spontaneous.
0: When I know like you kind of want to do forensics and cybersecurity within CS. And um I'm not familiar with the kind of how CS and cybersecurity and forensics kind of all blend together. Um, how like kind of what are you thinking you want to do with the CS degree? And has any of it come from your love of crime documentaries? I'm a little worried.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, don't worry it's it's pretty it's really interesting. I think I've always, whenever I watch the Forensic Files episodes or watch anything that's crime related, just seeing how the detectives use technology to find their suspects or use it in ways that would benefit their um, pursuit of the suspect. So. At state, they offer a cybersecurity concentration, and you learn about like the how the networks run in terms of network trafficking, and um, how like the protocols are done. You look into like cryptography and stuff like that. So I initially um, I wanted to do forensic science, which is to you know like just study like the crime scenes and stuff like that. But I chose computer science with a concentration of cybersecurity um, because I wanted to look more in depth at how the tech, what happens behind the hardware of the technologies we have. And it's, it's really fascinating because, you know, it's so encapsulated where as a user, you just know it, does one task and that's it. But if you look behind, beneath the covers, there's just so much going on that happens instantly. And I find that really, really interesting. And it's even more interesting to see how we can dissect it and use it to aid in like solving crimes and stuff like that.
0: If you could kind of take your CS knowledge and background and apply it to any crime documentary that has ever existed, what would it be and why?
1: Well, it has been a while since I've, I've been able to, like, get comfy and watch some crime documentaries, but I think one of the most basic ones, but it's often used, is um, cell tower pin- pinnings, where it's, like, you can detect where someone is based off of which cell tower um, their cell phone connects with, and it's, like, you they keep track of you. They're able to track down a suspect exactly the route they take, um, where they went at what time, and they're able to deduce that within court. And it's, it's amazing because you know back then, you could just walk around um, before the advance of technology, you could walk around after you commit a crime and no one could really track you down, no one could really flesh out the details of where you were. But nowadays, like if you have a phone and you just walk around and you simply open it and you connect to Wi-Fi, it, it's able to, the police can like just tell where you are. And I think that's really, that's really amazing how far we've come.
0: Wow. That's, um that's pretty crazy. I feel like you know some stuff that I don't know, you wouldn't have to get away from anything, but just like. You know, different things about. Are they really tracking us? Which it sounds like, yes.
1: <laughs>
0: but I think the fascination, or like the um, the combination of all your interests, is so interesting. And I love that you've kind of narrowed it down because, like, you know, I've personally struggled with how do you find yourself within your major, and a lot of people struggle with that. So, how did you kind of find that interest? I know you were always into like crime documentaries and always interested in like. How did these blend together? Was it like one uh, instant that you kind of had an epiphany or was it just like over time that you were kind of like, okay, I'm going to be a CS major. Within CS, I'm doing cybersecurity. And within CS and cybersecurity, I want to do like a forensic science blend of things.
1: It definitely took a while for me to um, narrow down my interest. I will say initially I've kind of wanted to do something in the, um, the art field because i've enjoyed um, traditional art and crafting as uh, my hobby and i've always wanted to pursue that as a career but i decided to switch to cs and in doing so i discovered that there were multiple fields within cs like you would focus on the database the software engineering um you know cloud storage and just so much more and so when i switched to cs I saw that cybersecurity was a pretty strong option within that field. So um, I narrowed it down to that. So it definitely wasn't like something that automatically clicked with me. I know that there's a lot of individuals out there who knew from the start that they want to um, pursue a career and then they're dead set on it and they achieve it. And I think that's really awesome. Uh, For me, it... It was an interest of, it was an early interest of just watching, you know, crime documentaries and then picking CS and then seeing that there was an opportunity to pursue my interest within the CS field and um, having that as my bachelor's.
0: Have you ever seen um, Abby from
1: NCIS? I have not.
0: Oh no! Okay, well you have to like. This is giving me like Abby vibes. Uh, Have you ever seen NCIS? Like the, it's like a, it's not. It's like a crime show, and then it's like investigative.
1: I'm looking at it right now. I have not.
0: Okay, well you and me, we're gonna have to get together and watch NCIS. (laughs) Um, But you like, it's kind of giving me like Abby vibes for anyone who like watches NCIS because, um, she's kind of there like. So the crime happens and then she's in a lab and she's like a, uh, cybersecurity computer, like expert, um, who does like exactly what you're talking about, like doing the cell tower, uh, pinging and stuff like that. And she is everyone's favorite character from the show. Um, like she reminds me a lot of you, like has so much fun personality, just, just a cool, like seems like a cool person. And I feel like we should definitely get together, watch the show and, Um, you could be like Abby in real life.
1: (laughs) For sure. That sounds like a solid plan.
0: Um, So if you had any dream job related to this field, like, would it be kind of like an Abby role or um, would it be like you going out to the crime scene? Like, what would be your ultimate dream job?
1: Ultimate dream job? I don't think I've looked that far ahead. Um, I feel like I would want a mix of just Going to the crime scenes, but probably mostly in the back end of stuff. So just working in the labs, or um, working in sorry, working in like in the labs, or um, working on the computer to like look, look through the files of the suspects, see what they have, um, what it says about them, and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't. I haven't really looked too far out. In the future, I forget I- that you're a sophomore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm still I'm still treading. I'm still behind. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's you're not behind. I just feel like I always forget that you're a sophomore and like that's two to three years in the future. Um, so yeah, that makes total sense. <laughs> but I, I remember you telling like you just mentioned on the podcast that you're artistic. And I remember when we were first like walking around campus and stuff, you told me like how you had signed up for some classes at, um, there's a name for it, but like the art studio on campus, right? It's over on Main, like near Tally and the theater. Did you ever go to any of those classes?
1: I did. Um, I believe it's, it's called the Craft Center um, and the spots, the slots for the classes fill up super, super quick. Um, and I think I also mentioned this to you, but the downside of that is you sign up for them before you um, dive into your classes of the semester. so you can't really see how well it fits with your workload and your classes. So last semester I signed up for four different courses. I ended up dropping two um, because it would just it was too much. Um, but I did pull through two of them. One which was a wood turn pen and then the other one was uh, stained glass and i actually have the final product at my parents house and i was hoping that they would hang it up so that the sunlight would reflect through uh they have not yet but i'm hoping they would soon uh, the classes were really fun uh, it, it they were so fun i really wish i signed up for the craft classes this uh, semester um but at the same time i'm kind of glad i didn't because it probably wouldn't have worked well with my schedule.
0: I think it's so cool that you took advantage of like the, um, the place on campus where you can sign up and it's free to students, right?
1: Well, there's like a, you would have to pay for it because they, they pay for the materials used. So it's like you pay to them your set of um, tools in a way that you would oh, use. Oh, okay. In classes. Yeah. Okay. So it's not really free, but it, what it does is that it, it allows students and people who are not like, it also allows um, classes to be available to the public. So when I took my stained glass class, there were like this elderly couple. And then this couple who used to go to NC State who would attend the class. And it so it was you get to meet a good variety of people who are interested in the crafts.
0: And I know, like in the Goodnight Scholars Program, like it's really cool because we do a bunch of uh, like craft programming, and um, and so like you get an opportunity to do it like on the side, but also like to get GSPs and stuff. And I remember talking to uh, Bailey and Jill the other day, and they're thinking about doing a candle making one, which I feel like would be really fun. Yes, yeah. uh,
1: that was that is something I do want to point out. Um, the GSP craft things are my favorite (laughs) as like they're the, there were the smallest number of points and they probably don't help towards my major at all, but I really, really do enjoy those. I feel like I sign up for those more than I do for the other kinds of, um, GSP events.
0: The good Scholars program. is just incredible. I mean, you've been a part of it for like a semester and like another half of semester now, but what's like been your favorite part of the whole experience? It can be like programming, um, it can be like any aspect of it like what's your favorite part of being in the good night scholars program
1: i think just having a community there um knowing that there's people i can go to if in in case i need help or um people there who will it, mm, sorry i live in Bat-Trek. i think it's really awesome that there's a community i can go to in case i need help um in terms of academics or personal reasonings and just meeting people there it's and being able to click with some of them it's it's a really nice feeling because I think as a transfer student and as someone who didn't know anyone at state before I transferred having a good like even a small group of people who have a connection which is a good night scholar being part of the good night scholars I think that really you know, made me feel belong at State. And it, it's just a good push forward to my journey at State. Um, and so I do enjoy the community and I do enjoy like having the pro staff there. I think I love their atmosphere, even though I don't get to go to the GS lounge as often as I would like, just being around them and hearing them talk and having hearing them having like a good casual time, but at the same time, be able to be professional when needed. It's I would say I look up to them a lot. And I just, I, I really like the community. It was something I didn't have at uh, my community college. For sure. I mean, the pro staff are just, you just can't beat it. Like, I
0: just, we feel so lucky like to have them, you know what I mean? Cause like mm-hmm. you said, we can have a casual conversation about like just super fun things and they are so fun with us and everything. But like, if you need like serious advice, whether it's like school or personal, like you can always rely on them to like go into their office, close the door and like, you know, just have the discussion that you need to like get some advice or something like that. Um, And I know like one of your biggest hobbies is travel. So did you apply to go on any of the trips through the program this year?
1: I did not, um, mainly because they interfered in my schedule in terms of like the schoolwork, but also the schedule I have in regards to um, taking care of my family. So I was not able to sign up for any of them, unfortunately.
0: Well, I mean, you have three more years.
1: Were you able to go to any? I was not. So um,
0: my first year, that's like one of my biggest regrets, honestly, Um, because our first year, right? so we came in in 2019, then we spent a semester in maybe like two months and then COVID hit. So then the travel stopped. And then this year I didn't because I thought I was going to have a job offer. So it was just like, that's like my biggest regret looking back is not doing it. So you have two more years left, right? After this, after this one or one more year.
1: Um, I would say like one more year, two years if if I need that extra year.
0: You'll have a chance to apply for them again. um, But that's like my biggest regret is not doing that. Um, And, like, looking back, I mean, you know this, but, like, our class that came in during COVID, I think a lot of us kind of have this regret of, like, we wish we had been able to do more with our class or we wish we had gotten more involved from the get-go. So, like, definitely a little regret there, but our class has, like, kind of started getting together more now, which is really nice. Um, Speaking of, like, kind of cohorts, what is it like being with 20 – peers who are like going through the same things and you guys are all from community colleges so is it kind of like a shared experience and walk us through kind of uh, your cohort within goodnight
1: for sure i i there's this really strong connection i have with the other um, members because you know we're all going in and, and some of them i believe are like older than you know the age of 20 or 21 so it's Going in and not being a freshman and not going to university right off, right after high school, being able to connect with them and talk to them about our experiences at community college, it's a good bonding moment. moment and it's a great way to kick off um, the semester to feel like you belong to um, the community. And it's also a good way because you can make jokes about, like, um, when you transfer and you you can't relate to other freshmen's and how like, um, just little jabs here and there. It, it's really nice. Um, and I think some of them are, they've matured a lot. And I, so I do enjoy talking with them, talking to people who are at a stage where they've, they're more mature and then they've, they experience, um, having to work and, uh, participate in the classes and so I feel like that's another connection I make with them that I can't usually that I, I can't usually make with um, the other students in my classes I love that and you have just like truly hit the ground
0: running I remember just how excited you were about being on campus and within good night and everything and I just I'm so excited to see what you do like whether we'll see you on national television solving like the latest crime I don't know but I'm just so excited for uh you and just so lucky like that I got to know you and everything throughout um NC State and Goodnight. and I just want to thank you for doing this and for giving everyone some pretty solid advice um I can't wait just to you know see you in person again and we'll definitely have to watch the NCIS episodes
1: (laughs) we should we definitely should thank you so much Dusty, for having me I had a really good time talking about my experience and just uh, kind of also in a way just rant a little bit out about my workload. But overall, I really enjoyed this podcast.
0: Well, you know, you've got this like you're you're so good. Like you're going to be do such great things and you're going to be totally fine this semester. So um, I can't wait. And we will talk to you soon. Thanks everyone for joining us on this episode. If you enjoyed our conversation and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe and give us five stars on whatever platform you are listening on. I'm Dusty Patterson, stay safe and catch you next month.